everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Melanade Scenes podcast. I'm Tiara, and I'm here to give it to you straight up, raw, no filter. Welcome to today's Melanated discussion. As a part of the Melanated Professional Series, we'll be talking with Jasmine to learn about her career, how she got there, and how you too can be a powerful melanated professional like her. So Jasmine, thank you for getting on here with us and just spending time to enlighten our melanated community on what you do and how you got there. Well, thank you for having me. This is exciting. So Jasmine, what is your job title? So I am a retail designer. Uh, So basically, I design the interior uh, of retail stores at the moment. Nice. So can you break it down? I guess, I guess retail designer, it makes sense. I know some other roles that we've talked about have been like a weird title. So it's like, can you break it down in layman's terms, but outside of retail? So when you say you're designing retail stores, is it like the floor plan or is it like what it's going to look like aesthetically inside of the store or is it all of that? Yeah. So for everybody, everybody else on my trade is interior design and then within interior design there is like so many different tangents that i could take so within retail design my role is basically look at the layouts or footprint or blueprints if you will uh, maps some people call it of empty spaces and then i have to determine what is the the fixtures that are going to go into the space work a lot with the space planning, space circulation, thinking of how customers navigate a space and where to place uh, the different interaction points between the retail company and the person that is uh, interacting with the product. So if, if, for instance, whenever you go to a store and you see there are like beautiful displays and you would encounter a cash point or any other aspect of retail that you're interacting with. Uh, As a retail designer, it is my job to place those and strategize. What is my entrance goals? Like what is my point of sale or register goals? And what is that path uh, for a customer looks like? So that when somebody comes into the store, we always look to place elements in a way that is not going to affect the overall circulation. So one person, maybe just browsing while the other person is already getting ready to check out what the other person is actually exiting the store and right. how to plan all of the different routes so that all of these different customers that are doing different activities in the space, there is no problem. Uh, everybody's doing what they need to be doing and there's enough circulation for everyone to feel okay with less friction. So there is always going to be a designer behind that and in addition to that, every storefront that you see, we are in charge of designing the storefronts. Uh, different areas, whether it's a mall or there is a street location or there is a hybrid in between the two, the interior designer really needs to figure out how to translate the brand identity and still fit with whatever is happening in this specific shopping area. And so we design the storefronts and, and things like that. Nice. So how did you get into this career field? Like, does this require a degree? Um, And if so, what did you study in school? Yeah, so my studies are in interior design. This uh, requires a degree 
to more specific for retail design now, most likely you will be working for either an interior design firm or you will be working for a corporation directly and they will require a degree. Um, okay. Why I entered this career path is that I was working at H&M folding clothes and I was doing the mannequins. So I was a visual merchandiser and I was in charge of uh, organizing the space and dressing mannequins and figuring out how, where things were landing. But this was more from a visual perspective. But at some point during my time there, I realized that there were areas in the store that were cold versus hot areas, which means that there are areas that it didn't matter how beautiful I created the presentation, there were no movement or circulation. And I was very mm. intrigued by that. I'm like, I'm doing the best I can and moving product around and this area seems to have zero traffic. And then I started thinking like, oh, why is this? And it's because of the placement of certain elements that make that area of that particular store where I was working on a cold, cold corners. So that was my first, I would say, serious interaction with like, oh, I think I want to change careers and I want to become a designer because one day I want to be able to map these routes and create this layout so that it's not cold areas, if that makes sense. But besides yeah. that, I've always, since I was a kid, I have always been very intrigued about spaces and whenever I went to my aunt's house or in my own house, I was always rearranging things. So I would say interior design is a very broad career path that people can take. Usually when one is looking at residential design, it's easier to get into the profession without having a degree. But when, when it's retail or it's commercial design, a degree is required. Right. And Jasmine, can you inform us as to what the difference is in an interior designer versus, or interior decorator versus a designer? Yes. So basically there is a few things to look into when it comes to this. And there are a few career paths that people can take. So one is interior architecture, that is interior design, and that is interior decorator. So the interior archi architect is really dealing with structural elements of the interior of a building. It is integrating other parts of the design, such as furnishings and so forth, but it's really focused on the architectural of the interior space. Interior design is part of visual arts and through different programs, computer programs and graphic design programs and we communicate what the interior is supposed to look like. We pick finishes, space planning again, and we do look at what the aesthetics of the space like finishes and fabrics and the flooring and everything but we really look it's very holistic we are looking at breaking down the space we are looking at the ceiling the lighting and everything where interior decorator is more decorating so it's more picking finishes like color paints and maybe pillows, curtains, and things that are going to enhance the interior. But interior decoration doesn't really involve a lot of space planning, which interior design right. does indeed. Interior design takes a little bit more 
of the actual spatial planning. And without touching the structure of a building, we can really create a brand new space. And we can basically do an entire interior with walls, partitions, and everything, as long as it's not structural. So I think the main difference between a decorator and interior designer is that the interior decorator is, is really focusing on the aesthetic aspect alone, where an interior designer focuses on that, but is also focusing on the rest of the interior space. Right, which also includes like zoning, codes, like building codes, and all of these types of things, right? Correct. So, and the decorator doesn't uh, think about that. Correct. So, like okay. the decorator would, would say, oh, I think this sofa needs to have this color and it's going to look nice. Maybe we can upholster it like this. So, colors and textures? Yes. And, and like decorative elements. But the interior design needs to have a very good understanding of zoning, like you say, but also some life and safety requirements. So we need to really know about clearances when we're playing right. furniture or whatever it is that we're placing. So that's a very core part of our, our job. Cool. So Jazz, would you say after college, it was easy to like get a job in this career field or how did it work out for you? Did it take a couple of years for you to actually get something that had to do specifically with interior design or did you start off doing more admin-ish stuff at a certain place and then kind of had to work your way in there to earn your stripes to do what you're doing now? So I would say that my path is non-conventional because uh, I was, I got an internship at H&M at a corporate level to do retail design while I was still in school. So I basically skipped a lot of steps of the way, but what it looks like typically for somebody that comes out of school for interior design is that while you are in school, you would wanna have internships in more than one firm so that you can test the waters and see, go work for an interior design firm that is focused on residential and maybe go another one that is focusing on commercial different type of commercial buildings it could be retail stores it could be restaurants it could be hotel lobbies it could be senior living facilities everything that we inhabit all of the spaces that we inhabit were designed by someone and i would say that it's an interior design firm or architectural firm that is behind all of these interiors like offices that's another huge industry. So the steps are usually get out of school, have at least two to three internships on your resume so that you can okay. start applying for entry-level jobs. And once you, you could be like, um, after you've done internships, then you become a junior designer. And as a junior designer, you're really helping the designer uh, with a lot of different tasks. So necessarily you're not leading the design, but you are uh, helping with some of the selections of uh, the furnishings, uh, the finishes, and basically you can build your way up from a junior designer, then you can become a designer and then a senior designer and so forth and so on. So I would say the industry is pretty competitive. Uh, depending on where you live in the country, you will find more or less competition for sure, but it is a pretty 
competitive field in the sense that there is a lot of us out there. There is a lot of designers out there. And besides the designers, that you have architects that could potentially do a lot of the work that an interior designer does. You have interior decorators that can potentially take some of what an interior designer does. And then you have us, the interior design field, which we are also uh, working. So there is a lot of competition, I would say, coming from different fronts. But it is all about how you position yourself from the moment that you're in school. What are the kind of internships that you're getting? What are the kind of relationships? There is a different accreditations for interior designers. So it is very important to start getting involved with some of those accreditations early on uh, as a volunteer or just an ally member, just so that you really understand what's happening in the industry and you can network and get to know some people that are working in the industry. I think this is one of the best moves that you can do is find people that are working in the industry, that you can work with them, uh, that you can intern with them because you will, one, uh, develop a lot of connections. And the, this is a very small world. And I think every field is the same. Everybody's gonna say it's huge, but it's really small. But I have to say that you will find people that you work with years ago in the future, like because, the, because of the nature of the industry. So developing good relationships, good working relationships within the industry, is very important and it's also word of mouth like if you did a design even as an independent person for someone that client becomes uh, your marketing that client becomes right. the person that says oh she did a great job call her oh this is what she did for me and the the things that we design people interact with every day so if it's good design people will be curious to know who did this and that's like a living marketing piece that's going to be there till somebody change, change it, right? Like somebody changes the interior, but while that interior is intact, while your design lives, that's, that's speaking for you. So I think those are, that, that's what I would say. Cool. So you mentioned like going into entry-level work. So I'm curious, what type of jobs or job postings should someone be looking for? Like what are some keywords that you see on these type of positions? What should somebody be looking for if they're going to be applying for this type of job once they get out of college? Yeah. So fresh out of college, again, I think colleges and interior design schools, they would have a career advisor. And that's just to help you get internships while you're in school. But when you're getting, when you're ready to get out, I would say first leverage the um, resource that you may have in your school because they know people and they may be able to connect you to get an entry level job. But if I think all of the um, career sites, like job searching, I would look for just interior design, or interior design and you select that you're an entry-level or junior designer. And the most important thing is to have a very solid, not only resume, but portfolio. So for interior designers, our portfolio is for speak about us. So a lot of jobs, you can have a two-page resume and that will do it. But within this industry, it is not only your resume, it is your portfolio. That's what it's really going to speak about your work. So you have to have, even if it's with material that you did while in school, you have to worry about a portfolio. 
And I cannot stress this enough that when you are in school, don't do projects as it's like this is a school project. Because when you get out of school, those will be the only projects that you will have to present someone right. and let them know that these are my skills, this is uh, my design taste, this is what I do. So I would say for sure, make sure that everything you do is keeping in mind that this will be part of your portfolio that you will present. And this is what's going to get you your first job of the bat. That makes sense. Treat it like you're going into a job interview with your portfolio. Exactly. <laughs> do, do your assignments that way. Somebody exactly. else is going to be looking at this outside of the professor. Yes, because even at the beginning, as an entry level, you might be the person in charge of ordering the samples, fixing the materials library of an interior design firm, maybe doing renderings or some elevations. So as an entry level, a lot of times there is not a lot of room for somebody to take a project unless you join a very small design firm, which I advise because joining a small design firm means that you will have the opportunity to have your hands on a lot of different things that you wouldn't have the opportunity to in a larger firm. Right. Structure. So that's another tip. Like try to, sometimes we have ambitions like, oh, I want to work for this person or for that company. But I will always say, start with a small firm because they would allow you to do things that a big firm won't allow you to do as an entry level. And you will be able to touch more things, hence like have a greater portfolio when you leave that, that company or office. That's a good tip. It's a very good tip. What does a day in the life look like for you then? Yeah, so interior designers, we work a lot of hours. So it's a very <laughs> job, but a lot of designers out there can tell you that uh, a 10 hour day is not something rare, especially when deadlines are, are uh, cutting close. So a typical day would be you get to your office and then depending on the size of the company or the size of office or the project that you're working on, you might have a little a debrief with, with your team about what the priorities are going to be for that day. Again, depending on what type of company you work with, priorities may stay consistent for a week or priorities could change every day. So that is usually a good touch base in the morning and then you will go into your task, whether that is, let me look at the floor plan and start just doing layouts and or the, let me look for inspiration. So within a project, there is going to be different phases. So where you are just um, conceptualizing. So if you're in that phase of the design, there is going to be a lot of research, a lot of pulling inspirational images and possible materials that you may want to integrate and looking at the requirements from the client and making sure that you're developing a program that makes sense. And that's very conceptual. Um, aspect of the design and during this time you may talk more with your colleagues depending again on the side of size of the project and they may just bounce ideas like oh we think we want to take the design this way or that way but once that phase is done i think there is all the hands on to now let's develop all of the blueprints let's develop the floor plans let's find furniture let's find the finishes and then you're really working with your models, which could be Revit, which is the most relevant program now, 
So you're like developing your, your models and developing your floor plans so that to present to the client. And usually the first client presentation could be within one month or a month and a half. So there is a lot of details that you have to compile from the moment that the client gave you to the moment that you present to them. So a day to day in the office uh, is really variable for everyone. Yeah. Uh, there is not independently whether you work for a small firm or big firm. For a designer, I think the days are always going to be interesting. There's always going to be a lot of different things that you will have to uh, do during your day. And there is always going to be things that will just come up because there is if you have projects that are let's say a construction space this may happen on a site that was unforeseen and that just all of a sudden becomes your priority on top of right. your other priorities and that's kind of the nature of the job so i would say it's always interesting uh, there is always a lot of things happening out there so when you're not fully hands-on on a particular project you may be just researching or just learning about all of the things that are happening out there and all of these amazing designs that are coming up. So Jasmine, when you say you come in, you kind of debrief with your team, are there multiple designers on projects or is it like you own this project and you're, the teammates that you're referring to are people who do a different segment of whatever project it is that you're working on? So would there be a second designer? Like, could you and I be working together both as designers on the same project or would I be some doing something else? Like I'm the decorator, but you're the one who's actually designing the blueprints and the floor plans and how does that work? So it is, it is all of the above and it depends on the project. So the, if there is a large, large project, there may be two interior designers and one is gonna be the lead of the project. So there is typically always gonna be a lead designer but there may be several designers on this particular project. And then you may have people that focus on lighting and people that focuses on finishes and people that focus that makes on space planning. And then you have uh, draft people that are going to help with the drafting and maybe you're only sketching and giving the ideas, but somebody's actually executing the drafting. But you have to correct at some point or review uh, but there is somebody that is going to do that. So depending on the size, let's say if I was working in a small design firm, I would be everything. <laughs> I would be the person that is drafting. I would be the person that is picking the finishes and materials. I would be the person that is requesting samples. I would be the person that is uh, working with the program. In a larger project, maybe we're going to have two designers because there is so many the project is so big, so if it's a hotel, somebody's gonna take the lobby and the common areas and the restaurants. The other person right. might take the gym and all of the rooms and the different types of rooms. So those are larger programs, uh, larger projects. So you may have more than one designer. So when you're touching base in the morning uh, with your design team, in this team, there may be another designer, but for sure you might have an intern a junior designer, uh, maybe a, the draft person and the lead designer of the project. And you will uh, talk about the different aspects of the design and the different stages and what everybody's focusing on on that day to meet that deadline. Okay, that makes sense, that makes sense. 
So what are the things that you like most about uh, being a designer and what are the things you like the least or what are the things that are the most challenging about being a designer? Yes, that's a good one. So the thing that I like the most is the idea that I'm creating spaces for people. So even though I do a lot of retail design, I think of the experience that somebody's going to have when they leave their homes to now all of a sudden go shopping. I think I think of that experience and creating that is very fulfilling to me because I know that somebody's afternoon or morning or evening, whatever it is, is going to be nicer because they walk into this space and they liked it and they were able to do what they needed to do seamlessly. And also for uh, residential design, it's awesome because it's like, oh, you're creating this, you're creating a home for somebody. Somebody's gonna wanna be home because you did such a good job with your space. Somebody will be looking forward to go and lay down in their sofa and look around their home because you created something beautiful for them. So I think the part that is fulfilling to me is to know that I'm creating spaces for people to enjoy, to use, to relax and etc. So that's what I like the most. And I think the most challenging part of my job is uh, how sometimes a lot of things can change. So the most challenging part is that you can be working with a client and you're putting so many hours and you can, you are really translating what that client wanted. And all of a the sudden they are like, no, this is not what I said, or this is not what I said. And <laughs> or they change their mind. Have you ever had any yeah. people that just change their mind? Yeah, people change their mind all the time. And it's normal. And sometimes people come to you and they don't really know what they're looking for. So they will give you a big idea. And our job is to try to really understand what they're saying. But if for any reason they they went on vacation and saw something different and all of a sudden they want something that they saw, which may completely throw up the design. So that's a challenging part when you have to basically uh, start over on the same project. I mean, it is still fun. It's still the same goal is to make the uh, client happy and to make sure that you're delivering a design that it's going to satisfy your client. But that's one of the most challenging parts that you always have to wait for that feedback. You have to put a lot of work in order to present something to the client just to find out whether they want to move forward in that direction or want to change completely. And regardless of what the decision is, you have to take it with a smile and with a great, grateful face and, and, and just roll with it but that could be very challenging when you have put so much effort and all of a sudden the client says this is i want something different <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it happens often <laughs> i'm sure uh jasmine ha do you see or do you think that there are career or growth opportunities within being an interior designer or should someone after a certain amount of time plan to pivot and like do something different and if there are growth opportunities within your career field, um, what are some easy things that people usually grow into or branch off into uh, once they've had enough of, I don't know, if they're in residential, is it like they move over to retail or they move over to like um, industrial spaces? Like, how does that work? 
Yeah, so basically there are, as an interior designer, if you're not designing spaces, one career path, I think there is a lot of growth uh, within the field. Like you can grow from uh, executing a small spaces to really, really large projects. And that is a growth opportunity on its own because it's not the same designing 4,000 square feet as 40,000 square feet. The complexity just grows. So in right. terms of career, that's one thing. When it comes to the different fields that you can take, such as do you want to focus on restaurants or hotels or retail or residential? I think that's something that can always change, but it's almost that one needs to start as a beginner on either area when you're studying because they're all interior spaces but very different spaces so if you're just working with um, hotels i think hotels ha like has a lot more because you can have lobbies and you can have restaurants and you can have rooms so it, i think hotel design is like can be in between almost residential and commercial so it's easy it might be easier to pivot from there but let's say if you're doing retail design that's a very specific niche so for going from retail design to residential you may have to start over in the residential area but then outside of interior design there is project management so these are the people that are in charge of the schedules and the construction so there is a lot of a lot of transition from being a designer to go to the construction site a lot of people find a lot of love to doing that Another very interesting thing is in real estate. So it's real estate staging. So as you see, uh, when you go to homes, a lot of these homes are staged only for the sale. Right. This is, this is not the interior that was with the owners. This is not the interior that maybe is going to stay there, but they just stage the house because they want to sell the house. So that's something that somebody can pivot into, which is more like real estate staging homes or commercial spaces in general so that's that could be also very profitable and i think it's even growing more like more people maybe are willing to invest a lot of money in a staging a home to sell it especially these high value homes so that's another thing that people can do a lot of people can go into believe it or not um, uh, wedding planning because there is a lot of interior that goes into that there is a lot of coordination that goes into that so right uh, the interior design abilities and, and, and toolkit and, and the, the knowledge that we have comes also very handy when it comes to event planning so whether it's weddings or other event plans there is a lot of people that go into that lastly you can even do um, museum design so you can work with museum installations and those type of installations so I think the sky is the limit is an industry that, because it touches so many areas, again, all of our physical environment can potentially be affected by a designer. It is a very broad profession. So you can pivot in many different ways. Right, that makes sense. I never thought of the real estate thing uh, but it makes sense because a lot of people don't have an eye for design or they don't have an eye for knowing like what they can do with the space. So if a designer were to go in and let them know, like you could do all these different things to this space, like paint the picture for them, basically, people were, are definitely more likely to buy a property 
based off of what the designer has created and let them know like, yeah, you can do all these things with this space that maybe someone who would come in is just like, mm, I don't see it. I don't yeah. know how this room is going to work. Not even, it's not even for the buyer. The seller will actually hire the designer because if the property has been sitting there, people are coming, they're not liking it. You'll be surprised with a few touches, a few changes uh, to the space, then people start coming in and loving the space. Right. So the seller that is hiring the interior designer to come in and leave the home so that when somebody else comes in and see it, they're automatically drawn to it. They're, they, they love it. Because maybe the home was older and a lot of times the value of the property can go up just yeah. a nicer interior, which is not as expensive uh, to do in, in a lot of cases. Right. I mean, there are so many things that somebody can do with interior design. It's yeah, very, it's very broad. That's cool though, because like you said, you never get tired uh, of doing, like being within uh, design because you have so much that you can do. So if you ever want to pivot, it's like, you're just moving to, I guess, kind of a different industry. So like you said, you could do restaurants, you could do hotels, but at the same time, you're still designing, but it's different because you're designing different types of spaces at that point, which means you're always getting to learn as you go. Exactly. You're always learning. Yeah. So it keeps it interesting. Yeah. So for a period of time, I was working with senior living facilities mm -hmm. and that's a completely different monster. Like this is, uh, you have to learn about different materials because in these spaces uh, it's almost like designing hospitals or uh, right. medical facilities so all of the grades for all of the surfaces needs to be approved as if it's for like a medical facility so that's something that somebody that's just doing residential may not necessarily know because it's not required for that type of design Where exactly type of design then you have to start learning the different uh, even clearances, which obviously this is common knowledge everybody within this industry should know, but there are definitely different heights uh, when you're thinking about a senior living facility versus uh, another area. So it is very, it could be very different from one. There, there are things that are going to stay the same at the core, but there's a lot of things that are going to change with the industry depending where you work and what are you right. doing. Right. So Jasmine, what would you say was the most difficult part about getting into this field, um, specifically as a woman of color? Like, what are some challenges you faced that had nothing to do with like your ability to do the job or your intellect and everything to do with you being a woman of color? And how do you navigate that? How have you navigated those types of situations? I am, again, I mean, I think for me in particular, and the, the industry is very diverse in so many ways. So a lot of, you will find that a lot of different groups will have their preferences, but there is a lot of designers for like, to suit everybody. But I would say for me, one challenge that I don't know that, I mean, I don't know if it's ethnicity or if it's that I'm a woman or I don't know, where it's coming from directly, but definitely it, when it comes to construction site, it's a men dominated, uh, the construction site is still a men dominated area. Right. But sometimes having to act very tough and having to have like the masculine 
energy just to be able to convey the message because you're dealing with men and you're dealing with sometimes men that thinks that they, they know it all and they may yeah. see me a woman woman of color which I also think it could be any woman for that matter but yeah especially minority women I think I will have to show in certain instances I had to show like a very strong character a very strong personality just because what I did as a designer was not enough to prove a point I have to speak a little bit louder I have to speak with a, a little bit more authority just to be heard because uh, it could be challenging these men have been doing construction for I don't know 30 years 40 years and all of a sudden you come as a young person as a woman and they may be thinking in their heads what is she what did she say but again <laughs> within design sometimes you will design things that somebody's never seen because this is what being creative is about and you will be challenged with somebody pushing back on your ideas telling you how best it's not possible for that to be done and at that point one has to be very strong and say yes it is possible and we have to figure this out how can we figure this out and not give up on the design because sometimes a lot of these people again they've been doing traditional design for their entire lives mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you come and they don't want to respect you because they're like no she doesn't know she just she just started doing this uh they may judge uh how young you look they may judge whether you're a woman or not they may judge whether it's color or not they may judge all of these things i think one of the most challenging things for me have been the construction side to establish a point uh, it is also one of my favorite areas to be honest because it's also where everything comes to completion so i particularly right. love the construction aspect but it is also the most challenging aspect because that's where people will really challenge uh, you the most uh, especially when there are complications and they don't want to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you might just be dealing with someone who's not as creative as you. And so they don't see your vision. And so they're trying to put that on you. Like, well, I can't see it. So, you know, this doesn't work. And it's like, no, it does work. And I'm going to show you how it works. <laughs> so, exactly. yeah. That, that's for anyone. I think that it, sometimes they do things that are not, they make decisions so if they found something on site they made they made a design change and didn't communicate with anyone but there is a ripple effect based on that decision right that they should have asked and they didn't and then you go on site and you find surprise so that's pretty challenging and i think again it goes back to some of these people believing i've been here for 40 years i know what i'm doing if i did it i've been doing it this way for 30 years how can you tell me that it could be done in a, in a different way? And I think that's, that could be quite challenging. And for me in particular, sometimes I felt it has nothing to do with me knowing or not what, what I'm talking about or the design itself, the integrity of the design. It has to do more with the present, with my presence and how I can come across and convey my, convey my ideas. Right. Right. So Jasmine, how long have you been in this career field? Uh, probably eight years, I would say. Nice. Eight and a half years on and off, yes. 
Nice. So what would you say the earning potential is being an interior designer? Like for let's let's first talk about like coming in entry level first three to five years out of college and then, you know, upward from there. Like what, what would be the pay range? Yes. Uh, again, this it will really vary on the office that you work on, the, the architectural firm whether you do it independently or not. So there is different ways that people can charge. So right up out of college uh, is very sad because it's not like a cheap uh, career, but some people are making like $35,000 a year, which is really low. And that's, yes. that's a very, I would say, even in New York City, a standard salary for somebody wow. that's like entry level 45, 50 grand for an entry-level designer. So it can be very low mm -hmm. as, a, as a beginner level. It could be very low. And that depends, obviously, on the type of interior design firm or interior or architectural firm. Right. Um, and then from there, it can go up. I mean, it can go What would go, you say the average is? After you've been in your career, let's say you've surpassed the five-year mark, uh, what would you say the average is? I think the average for a designer and, and the, the years do matter mm -hmm. how much you you make and right. the experience does matter. But I would say between seventy five and eighty thousand is an average for somebody that is like mid level designer. I think that's a, that's a good average. Um, and there is a lot of resources out there to gauge that. As a solo, like if you are charging. If you're doing your own project as an interior designer, the base level is like $100 per hour. So that goes uh, significantly higher if you want to go do design on your own. And there is two or three different ways that people can charge. So you can charge per hour and your fees can start at $100 per hour as an interior right. designer. Uh, and then you offer a package. Or you can say, for this project, I will charge you this fee and it's a fixed amount of money that you are going to charge for that particular project. It could be a mix of both. It could be you have a fixed fee as a designer, plus you will have this hour, part of this work that is going to be hourly and this is going to be your other fee. Another way designers can charge money is a percentage of the overall cost. So if this project is going to be $100, you get 10% or 8% or whatever uh, it is. The most important thing is that if it's as a solo designer and you are charging, you are independently working, that you're very clear and transparent with your client how you, you are charging them. Because there is, again, a lot of competition out there and you want to build trust because the people that you design for this, that's your marketing right there. And these are the right and relationships that you always want to have you never want to uh let a client feel like they're being taken advantage of you always want to establish trust so when it comes to working solo there are different ways that people can charge money and they can charge more when it comes to working for an interior design firm corporation and so forth i think the experience is going to have a a huge impact the amount of years in the industry is going to have a huge impact right and i would say that also depending where in the country because obviously more dense 
areas may have higher pay. Mm -hmm. like if you are in LA, New York, even Seattle, you may make more money than somebody, I don't know, somewhere else in the country that is not as, uh, the living cost is not as high. Right. So I That's think it depends where uh, you are, you're working, but I think in general, $100 per hour is pretty standard for someone that is doing design on their own. But then when you're working for someone, that will really depend on on the type of firm or on the type of company and of whatever course. compensation package they have. But I would say, yeah, 75, 80 is pretty standard probably. Not for an entry designer, but for someone that has probably five years of family. Okay. I was looking like when you said 35,000 in New York, because I'm like, is that even like livable, a livable wage in New York? Yeah. So those are like, let's say interns and like really entry level designers. Okay. 45, 35, 45, something very low, maybe not even full time, just a couple of days a week. Okay. That makes sense. That's okay. crazy. <laughs> it's an industry that for for the amount of money that you put in even just to get a degree and how competitive it is it's surprisingly low pay when you first start <laughs> off yeah you you would be surprised how much money people are making that are they're paying to work basically is what i <laughs> and like you're paying to get this experience because you need it because for the amount of money and the amount of work it's basically paying the company to work for them in some instances. But I think that's the curve that a lot of people have to go through. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So Jasmine, what would be a tip that you would give a younger you? Or maybe if there's like a college student watching this, um, what is a tip you would give them that you feel like you would have benefited from if you had it eight, 10 years ago, if you were just given the information? Yes, so I, I think, a couple of tips. <laughs> so one, I would uh, really prioritize when in school, prioritize learning everything, but doing things as if you're doing it for a job. I think a lot of people go to school and they're mistaken. Like, oh, this is just like a school assignment. But for us, we are really learning what we will be doing in the field. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that somebody that is in school focuses on doing the job as if they are doing it for a real client and worry about the things that they would worry if it was for the real world. I mean, it is a good place to be conceptual, but I think there has to be a balance between concept and reality to be successful when you come out. And then second thing Definitely. is try to get as many internships as possible on the different areas like intern with different commercial uh, places, doing residential so that somebody can get, or the person that is going to school can get like a better feel of what they really want to do because it is easy to stay in a niche and then you just keep building the years there. And it is harder after you have many years doing, going one path to pivot to the next one. It's not impossible, it's doable, but it would be nice to come out of school with a very clear mind of where do you want to take your design career because that will definitely, this is where you're going to build your experience on 
And this is basically what is going to guarantee that you keep growing within that aspect of design that you've chosen. So if you start building the years on a part of design that is not necessarily something that you're passionate about, then you find yourself with a lot of experience, almost on a senior level, feeling like, should I be going this path? And I think it's harder to then pivot to the next. So I would say right out of school, network a lot, and try to get your hands uh, on different types of design early on so that you can determine what do you actually like so that you can then focus full force on that specific uh, area. Cool. And so Jasmine, last question for you. How, from your point of view anyways, how does another woman of color like you or myself go in and kill it from day one? Like what if an entry-level person came in to work and they started working with you today, what would make you be like, wow, damn, this person is on top of their shit, like, and they're going to do very well within this career field? I think one is be organized because I think our field could be very chaotic with so many different priorities changing. So try to be- Lots of moving pieces. Lots of moving pieces. So try to be organized. Try to uh, have control of your design and communicate confidently so if somebody comes and they know what they're talking about or they sound that they know what they're talking about and I go and ask these questions and they indeed have all of their things together it makes me feel like oh the person really knows what they're doing like show curiosity like if you don't know something showing curiosity and being open it's very important. Like I remember I used to work with this very entry-level interior designer, but he was always so hungry, very hungry, always coming early, leaving late, asking a lot of questions, delivering a lot of things. So I think as a woman of color that comes in, know that there is a lot of information out there. Be confident in your speech, in the way you communicate your thoughts. But confidence is not only going in this field anyways, it's not going to be enough. Have your work to show. Like if you have an idea, if you need to put the extra hour or whatever it is to conceptualize this idea and put it in paper somewhere, somewhere. So when you're speaking about it, you can say, oh, and this is kind of what I was thinking about and you can show it. I think that's going to put you ahead because a lot of people can, in, in other fields, you can talk, talk all day long. And that may get you very far. But I think with the interior design firm, you need to talk. The next thing that people want is to see what you're talking about. And that we represent graphically or with drawings or with mood boards, whatever that is, at whatever stage, it's important to have work to back up whatever it is that you're saying. Mm -hmm. That's going to secure that people are going to look at you and be like, okay, she knows what she's doing. She has a grasp. This is not only talk, but she actually can execute. So I would say get very comfortable at executing your ideas, even if it's just for fun, even if nobody's going to look at them, but be ready to have ideas uh, ready to be presented if you have many of them. 
Ditto. I think that applies in all spaces, <laughs> any career field. You better be on top of your shit. You better be organized. It, it and I think I think even before organization, the curiosity part that you hit on is the most important. People appreciate, especially higher up people, appreciate when people ask questions. Yes, and sometimes the yeah. questions that you may ask may show your your thought process. Like, right. Oh, if you're, if you're asking me this. That means that you're thinking of all of these other mm -hmm. things, but your brain is going in the right direction. Even if you don't have the answer, having the right question sometimes is better than having the answer because the right question may lead the way as opposed to an answer. So I would say that, but within our field, you have to be able to show something always. So try to be very comfortable into executing your ideas. It's important. Exactly. So Jasmine, before we close, do you have any like resources you want to share with anyone who may end up watching this or? Yeah. So since this is basically, uh, this is out of Seattle, Washington. So I was just doing a little research and there is a lot of programs in Washington that people can enroll on. So in the Seattle area, we have uh, Cornish, which is design school. It's Metropolitan Seattle, but there is also the Bellevue College, which also offers a really good interior design program. Uh, and there is always uh, the University of Washington uh, and Washington State University that offer interior design programs. So I would say for people in this area, I would start to go on their websites because they are they have good associates, bachelors, and just uh, continuing education programs. So I would say try to enroll in a couple of classes first because the first, I say, semester of interior design lets you really know what interior design is about and then you can decide whether you want to pursue a longer career within interior design. Awesome. So in closing, you guys, I was watching um, this lady that I love a lot. It's an uh, inspirational speaker. Her name is Lisa Nichols. And I was looking up stuff on choosing a career. How do you choose a career? And she was saying, like, make sure you ask yourself these three questions. What am I good at? Because she says a lot of people kind of leave behind their natural born talents. They don't think about them as something that could be uh, of profit. It's like something that just slips your mind or it's like, oh, well, everyone says doctor, lawyer, this, that, whatever. But not realizing that you already have a talent that you could be like exercising. So what am I good at? What do people tell me I'm good at? And what's holding me back? And I think the what do people tell me I'm good at is a really good one um, because I think it goes back to the natural born talent thing. Like there's just certain things that people see in you that you don't necessarily see. And if you can ask five different friends, what do you guys think I'm good at? And then cross-reference all of those and there's something that is similar in all of those things, you may be missing something that you should actually be focusing on that could actually be a career and be lucrative and bring you money. So what am I good at? What do people tell me I'm good at and what's holding me back? Jasmine has told you everything you need to do. She has done all the things. She's killing it in her career field. And so you can too. Thank you, Jasmine, for spending time with us and talking us through interior design. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey you. Thanks for tuning in to the Melanated Scenes podcast. 
Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. In the meantime, hit that subscribe button and I'll catch you on the next one.